0: hi guys welcome back or if this is your first time here and thank you for joining me this is the doula's guide to dot 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 with me meg also known as the Dunkery doula it's a podcast where we talk about all things pregnancy birth and parenting my aim is to share unbiased information alongside a bit of friendly chit chat to ensure that you head into parenthood feeling confident and excited for what you've got to come If you missed the first couple of episodes and would like to know more about me, then go and check out episode 1 for a little introduction and a big chat on hypnobirthing, and the following episodes for some great birth preparation. And if you love the podcast, then you can now leave me a little tip to say thank you via Buy Me A Coffee. The link is in the show notes. This episode, we're going to talk about fetal positioning, so what is the best position for your baby to be in as your birth begins, and if it really matters all that much for your birth experience. Before we begin I have a tiny little request following on from something that happened last week. So last week I received my first negative review for the podcast and it did shake me a little bit. Um, I don't usually find that these sorts of things get to me. I know it comes with putting yourself out there and stuff like that but the reason that it did get to me a little bit is because I feel that it's a little bit of an unfair review. The person left it on Apple so you can go and see it if you want to. I can't delete it or anything but they left me a low rating because they didn't agree with me saying that BMI is a load of rubbish, (laughs) Um, which I mean, fair enough, but BMI is a load of rubbish. So it felt a little bit unfair because it's really brought my rating down. So I just thought that I would ask that if you're really enjoying this podcast, that you would go and leave it a rating, unless obviously you think it's rubbish too. (laughs) But if you enjoy the podcast and you want to leave it a rating to try and bring my rating back up to where it was, it was at a full five star before, then I would really, really appreciate that. But no pressure, just a little request because yeah I feel a little bit upset about it <laughs> so thank you so much in advance if you do that and I promise I'll get back on topic now and you won't hear me learn about this again so let's get into it <laughs> So when we talk about fetal positioning there are loads of fancy names and acronyms for the different positions and I'm going to try and not use any of those today because I don't feel like it's very helpful or accessible so I'm just going to make this really easy to understand. Um, If you're ever in a meeting with a midwife or a consultant or anybody and they start talking about positioning in terms that you don't understand then just ask them to explain. I think that sometimes they tend to sort of skim over things and they go through things quite quickly in appointments without explaining. And it's always good to know, it's good to know the implications of the positioning on your bed, on your labour, on your pregnancy. So just ask them to quickly explain. So when we talk about optimal fetal positioning, what we mean is the optimal, the best position for your baby to be in at the start of your labour. So that position is where your baby's back is against the front of your bump, their face is looking towards your spine and the smallest part of their head is going to push against your cervix and be the first to emerge out of your body. So I've mentioned before on the podcast that your baby goes through lots of intricate movements during labour, so having them in this position as a starting point can just make the whole thing a little bit easier for you and a little bit easier for them. So we're going to talk about the different things that you can do during pregnancy to encourage this optimal, this best fetal positioning in a moment. Of course, there are other positions that your baby might be in there. And that is more than OK. It's generally nothing to worry about for a couple of reasons. Um, firstly, if you know they're in a suboptimal position, then like I said, there are things that you can do to try and get them to wriggle around a little bit. But also what is important to think about is that if your baby's in a different position, then that doesn't mean that your chances of having a straightforward labour and uh, having an easy, straightforward birth experience are completely scuppered. You can still have those things with a baby that's not in optimal fetal positioning. So if you get towards the end and you find out that your baby's in a different position and you don't want to try and move them or you can't move them, then do not feel disheartened. It does not mean that your labour is going to go off track at all. So some other positions that you might hear about babies being in are baby being back to back. This tends to be sort of the most common variation of the norm, so to speak. So as it sounds, this is when your baby has their back against your back. So their face is facing your tummy, it's facing outwards. So when your baby is in this position, um, all that it means is that your baby's head may not, like note the use of the word may, it may not press against the cervix as strongly as it could if it was in a back-to-front position and it can mean that labour can sometimes take a little bit longer than average and the contractions might not be as regular because they're taking a little bit longer to ramp up. So generally people having a back-to-back labour feel more of the sensations in their back rather than across their bump but sometimes they feel birth and also sometimes people with a baby in optimal fetal position feel more sensations in their back as well. You may hear people talk about back-to-back labours as being more painful or longer than regular labour but actually I do not think this is helpful at all for a couple of reasons. Um, firstly, you don't want to go into labour worried about this. Um, listen to the Positive Birth Mindset episode for all of the reasons why, if you don't know already. Um, but mainly because, especially if you're a first-time parent, like longer and more painful than what? You've got nothing to compare it to. So what is the point in worrying about it? You've never experienced labour before, so your labour cannot be longer or more painful than your labour because it hasn't happened yet. So your labour will go how your labour goes. It is your experience and you're going to experience it in your own way. So don't let other people's experiences scare you. Everyone will know someone who knows someone who knows someone who has had a bad birth experience, right? It's kind of just ingrained in our society. If you took on everyone's negative horror stories, You're not necessarily setting yourself up for the best birth experience. So don't listen to people's stories that are super, super negative and let them scare you. I'm not saying don't listen to them. I'm not saying don't take them on board. I'm not saying don't take people's advice. But I'm just saying if people are telling you that your baby's in X, Y or Z position and that's going to be really bad and your experience is going to be really bad, then be open minded about it because that's not necessarily true. It's likely not true. So moving on, babies in a back-to-back position sometimes turn during labour and for some people this feels like pushing so you may feel like your contractions are becoming expulsive um, and you're in the pushing stage of labour but actually what's happening is that the contractions are helping to turn your baby around into a position that makes your birth experience a little bit easier for them. Sometimes your baby doesn't turn at all and he's born back-to-back. Sometimes you might be offered the use of an instrument to turn your baby manually which is again always your choice like everything in labour. So if this is something that you'd consider I will leave some links in the show notes with some further reading on what that entails um, for you to look through. On the off chance that your baby ends up being back to back and on the off chance that you would like to know more about how your baby can be manually turned. So as I said some babies turn and some babies don't and some babies might be manually turned and each sort of individual birth will have a best option for that individual birth. I can't tell you in advance if one option is better than the other option. That's only for you to decide. So other variations of birth positioning are breech. So breech babies are babies who are completely upside down. Their head isn't pressed against your cervix at all. Their butt or their feet is pressing against your cervix. I'm not going to talk too much about breech birth in this episode because it's kind of off topic, and it is a huge topic with loads of different options, loads of different opinions, so I'm going to save that for another episode with an expert that I'm going to ask that will hopefully want to come on. (laughs) If your baby is breached, you can still give birth vaginally, but equally, if you'd prefer, you can opt for a cesarean if you'd feel more confident doing that. You can also do things to try and turn them. So the Spinning Babies website is a really great resource for this, but we're going to talk more about that later on in the episode. And you can also have an ECV, which is a procedure done by a healthcare professional who will try and manually move your baby from the outside. So they place their hands on your bump and try to sort of turn your baby upside down. Again, this procedure is your choice. Um, Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's completely up to you and um, I'll leave more reading on that in the show notes as well but as I said the main takeaway from this is that even if your baby is breech you can still have a straight forward vaginal delivery so if this is something you're interested in then look out for the future episode where we'll talk more about this and finally very very occasionally your baby might end up transverse so transverse just basically means they're completely sideways so if you think about it obviously this is how your babe is chilling throughout a lot of your pregnancy especially at the beginning when you go for your scans and stuff you'll see that your baby is laid sideways but towards the end we obviously expect them to move head down and especially by the time that you're full term and um, we would expect your baby to be head down. Usually it is a bit earlier than that they start to turn around 32, 33 weeks but some babies simply do not turn at all and they stay in a transverse position. If this happens, your options are to try and turn them. So using the things we're going to talk about and um, having an ECV, the same as with a breech baby, or of course you could have a cesarean um, if they cannot move or you do not wish to try and get them to move because you cannot vaginally deliver a transverse baby. They simply wouldn't fit out. But as I said, it's really, really, really rare. Only about 0.2% of babies are transverse at full term, So it's highly unlikely. I've never met anybody who's had a transverse baby and I don't think I even know of any birth stories. Obviously there are birth stories out there but I can't say that I've ever read one um, about someone who's delivering a transverse baby. What else I want to mention is that just because your baby is in what's deemed to be optimal fetal positioning where their back is against your front, they can still be facing different ways. So there's loads of different acronyms for all this and I'm not going to go through all of them now, but your baby might be facing more to the left, more to the right on an angle and things like that. Um, these things we generally don't know until labour started so it's again not really worth worrying about but your midwife can have a guess um, from palpating your bump from feeling your bump and they might tell you that your baby's leaning off certain to one certain way and give you some things to try to get them to move a different way and things like that but that's something to discuss with your midwife when you start to become sort of full term and you're starting to think about delivering your baby So encouraging baby into this optimal fetal position, how do we do this? So it can start off quite early in pregnancy. There are things that we can be doing to try and get into a routine um, so it doesn't feel like as much of like a shock to the system right at the end. So you can build it up, start incorporating these things early on, build them into your routine, and then you're going to reap sort of the most benefits for them. But if you're listening to this right at the end of your pregnancy, then don't worry. (laughs) You've not left it too late to give these things a go. And also, just to mention, because I always like to try and be sort of as unbiased as possible, and make sure that you're aware that I'm giving you all this information as advice, so just take what you want, leave what you want, you don't have to do anything. And equally, loads of people will do none of these things at all, and their baby will still end up in the optimal position for birth, because our babies and our bodies know what they're doing, they're very clever, and they work together. So this episode is not meant to undermine your body's ability to help your baby into the best position it's just some optional pointers that you might want to consider. So early on, things that you could be doing are exercise. Um, Sounds really simple. It is simple. Nothing major, just gentle exercise and staying active. So if going for walks is an option, go for short walks as much as you can or big walks. I went on some super big walks during my first pregnancy and I felt really great for it. But yeah, going for daily, daily short walks are really great for your babe and they're good for you as well. If you've got access to a swimming pool, then going swimming is really amazing for helping babies to wiggle around in the pelvis. Um, Because if you think about it, all the buoyancy of the water, the positioning that you're in whilst swimming. So it's well worth um, giving it a go, getting into it. And there are also loads of other benefits too to swimming. Um, It can ease sort of pregnancy aches and pains, ease discomfort. So it's nice for you and it helps your baby as well. Thinking about our positioning during pregnancy is important too. So if you spend a lot of time sitting down maybe for work maybe if you are working in an office or something like that when you sit on a chair make sure that your knees are lower than your pelvis and that you're almost tilted forward slightly so think about maintaining a good posture use upright and forward leaning postures just so that you've got space in your pelvis and you're not sort of tilting them the wrong way Something that's really really handy for this is using a bath ball so gen- literally just like an exercise ball but make sure it's the right height for your body so exercise balls do come in different heights and if you're really small or you're really tall you might not need the sort of average size exercise ball that you would tend to get from somewhere like Sports Direct or something like that because like I said you need to have your knees slightly lower than your pelvis. But yeah, birth balls are absolutely amazing. I always recommend people to look on places like Facebook Marketplace and Gumtree because you can generally get them for a couple of quid. And they're really, really good for encouraging optimal fetal positioning. And they're also really comfy. As you get towards the end of your pregnancy and you get rounder and heavier, sort of slouching into a surfer or the bed doesn't always feel that comfortable. But bouncing on a sort of spongy, bouncy birth ball is... One of the only places that a lot of pregnant people can get comfortable. Um, I used mine in my first pregnancy a lot, and then in my second pregnancy even more. It was sort of the only thing I could bear to sit on by the end of it. And it's not because I was uncomfortable all of the time, but it's just that the regular places where you would sit like a big slouchy surfer were not comfortable. I wanted to be upright. It it relieves pressure in your pelvis and in your hips. So I definitely, definitely recommend one for your comfort but also, yeah, for encouraging optimal fetal positioning. So really, really recommend getting a birth ball. And then talking about positioning, something that's really important to remember is UFO, the acronym UFO. So I generally teach this to people when I'm teaching about birth positioning, because it's like really important for giving birth as well, UFO. But you can also optimise this while you're pregnant and it will encourage optimal fetal positioning. So UFO is an acronym and it stands for upright, forward and open. And this doesn't mean that you have to be upright, walking around all of the time. It just means, like I said, that you're maintaining that sort of good upright posture. You're leaning slightly forward and your pelvis is open. So you're giving your pelvis space and that's what a birth ball does. And that's what sitting upright does as well. So try and remember the acronym UFO. Back to Spinning Babies, which I mentioned earlier, the Spinning Babies website is incredible. It was set up, as I mentioned, for people who have breech babies as a way to encourage your baby to turn. So it's full of different activities that you can do to help a breech baby to turn around. But as time went on, it grew and grew and grew. And it's now this really huge organisation that does lots of training for professionals and has so much stuff for parents, lots of stuff about biomechanics. And it's just, yeah, it's an incredible resource. It's completely free. And the website is spinningbabies.com. So I'll pop this in the show notes as I do with everything. But the bit that I want you to be aware of on this website is that if you go on to spinningbabies.com and hover over the pregnancy and birth section, there's like a massive drop down menu and one of the um, one of the titles of the pages is Daily Activities. If you click on that, this is literally a page of daily activities to help you get your baby into optimal fetal positioning. And it is absolutely great. It's a really long page and it's just different things you can do every day. So some of them are sort of really self-explanatory, like walking every day and doing general exercise. But other ones are different positions that you can sit in, different stretches you can do different exercises you can do and all sorts of different things that you can do to help encourage your baby into optimal fetal positioning and to sort of encourage you to be more comfortable as well and you can do these throughout all of pregnancy so like I said even if you're at the beginning it's not too early to start thinking about these things because the sooner you get into a routine with it the more you get used to it and it's just incorporated into a part of your everyday life. So those are things that you can do throughout all of pregnancy so just a little recap, gentle exercise, swimming, walking, using a birth ball, remaining UFO and using the spinning babies website and then if you are towards the end of your pregnancy then some other things that you can do are using the mile circuit and doing cab walking slash crab walking so I'll explain what both of those things are now. So first of all cab walking, um, I have got a video on my Instagram that explains this that so I'm going to link in the show notes so I can show you because trying to talk through it without a visualization is kind of weird but basically all it is is you would walk down the path on your street but with one foot on the curb and one foot on the road obviously don't do this on a busy road do this somewhere where it's safe but you want your one foot on the curb one foot on the road or the path if you do have a safe path where you can do this um and you're just literally going to walk like that, keeping one foot constantly on the curb and one foot constantly on the ground. And what this does is it opens your pelvis up so that your baby can wriggle down into the right position. And the same thing, like I said, crab walking up the stairs. So that's where you stand on your side and you walk up the stairs like a crab with one foot, constantly two steps higher than the other foot. So the step that's two steps higher will take a step then the lower the foot and then the foot that's lower will take another step as well and you keep going up and down like that a few times and if you can do this sort of as you get towards 10 then this can really help encourage your baby into the optimal position and it's going to push the head against your cervix which could also encourage you to go into labour so it's not like an induction method sometimes people say it's a natural induction method it's not if your body is not ready to go into labour doing this is not going to make tiny bit of difference. But if you are on the cusp of labour and you start doing this, it's going to encourage things in the right direction. So I definitely recommend curb walking and crab walking up the stairs. And then the other one, like I said, is the Miles Circuit. So again, this is another website. It's literally just milescircuit.com. And if you click on there it tells you all about it. Basically, I'll just read you the top little bit. It says, I named this circuit after my friend Megan Miles, who shared and discussed it with me when I was working with a client whose labour seemed to be stalled and no longer progressing. On the phone, we brainstormed some strategies and Megan shared this set of positions that she favoured. My client did the circuit and soon we had a baby. I started calling it the Miles circuit and teaching it in doula trainings, childbirth classes and using it with my clients. The circuit is useful to help getting the baby lined up, ideally in the LOA position, like I said loads of people use these acronyms, basically it's just optimal fetal positioning, Um, both before labour begins and when some corrections need to be done during labour. So the miles circuit is a set of three different sort of positions that you sit yourself in and it takes a long time so you're meant to. Maintain each position for thirty minutes. So you need like at least an hour and a half to do this. But if you're at the end of pregnancy, you're on maternity leave, you're ready to go into labour, <laughs> then it's definitely worth giving this a go. And um, maybe once a day, maybe every couple of days. You might only ever need to do it once. You never know. So the first one is a forward leaning inversion, which again is really hard to describe. But I will put the link in the show notes. It's basically where you're leant over, knees on the floor, bum in the air head on the floor so your hips are raised higher than your head but yeah check out the pictures for that you lay you sit like that lay like that for 30 minutes and then you're in what's called an exaggerating side lying position which is so comfy (laughs) you lay sort of on your bed with loads of pillows under you and it's really nice you could easily fall asleep like this And then the third position is to get up and get moving either doing what I just said a curb walk a crab walk up the stairs anything that's going to have one leg higher than the other so you're creating that space and letting your baby move down so that's the mile circuit so I'm going to put that in the show notes too and basically that's it those are the things that you really want to think about to encourage your baby into optimal fetal positioning so quick recap gentle exercise using a birth ball UFO postures The Spinning Babies website, the Mile Circuit website, and Cab Walking and Crab Walking. Super simple, but if you can start incorporating those things now, then you're going to give your body just that little extra boost, that little extra chance of encouraging your baby into the position that is best for your birth. So that is it. Quite a short episode today, but there's not much more that I want to say on it. That's everything I can recommend for helping your baby into optimal fetal positioning. But please remember, like I said, there are myriad factors that can affect baby's positioning. Lots of them will get into this position by themselves, but some were. And if your baby isn't in this position, then one, it doesn't mean that your birth options have to be derailed. And two, it doesn't mean that you didn't do enough prep. So do not beat yourself up. It doesn't mean that you didn't do enough cab walking or enough forward leaning inversions or anything like that. So please do not worry if you do all of these things and your baby is still in the wrong position because there is no wrong position your baby is in the best position for your birth so i hope you enjoyed this episode and have learned a lot and do let me know how you get on with these little daily practices and let me know on instagram if you have any more questions then come hang out on instagram too i'm at the dungaree doula and let me know if you enjoyed the episode thank you for listening if you enjoyed this podcast please do stick around like follow and subscribe or leave a little review if you don't mind it's so very helpful for my little podcast so speak soon bye